welcome to another episode of Who I Do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, okay, so I'm Tania. And I'm Ashley. And we have two amazing guests on today's show. Guests, did you want to go ahead and introduce yourselves? I'm Lorraine Forrester. And I'm Michael Forrester. And we're with A Relationship Ministry, or better known as ARM. Very nice. Thank you for coming on the show this afternoon and dealing with my flu that I had two weeks ago. <laughs> we had a, we had some rescheduling issues earlier, but yes. y'all have been so accommodating. So thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's our pleasure to be here. We're excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Perfect. Well, as Tania always puts it, we're going to dive into these questions because we have a lot to ask you. For anyone that just stumbled across this episode and they don't know what we're talking about today, we're actually going to have a full episode about premarital counseling because as much as, you know, finding a dress or finding the right venue, all of that good stuff, that's cute for the day. But you need to have a strong and solid foundation to actually hold up well beyond whatever day of celebration. So we have quite a bit of questions, but we're just going to get into it. So Tania, take it away. All right. So how long have you two been married? A long time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I'll just share. We've actually been together for approximately 38 years. Uh, we're approaching 35 years of being married. We, we dated for three years uh, prior to being married. Wow. So, congratulations. I love that. Yes. 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 And I'm only 25, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> new math. We, you know, work it around that way. Don't worry about it. Just take my word. (laughs) We believe you. We believe you. (laughs) So how did y'all get into the wedding industry? So um, there were a number of years that we endured hell. We went through a lot of trials in our relationship, uh, probably around year nine. We started out really great. Everything, just everybody thought we were the perfect couple. We said it. They said it, you know. but. Year 9, 10, 11, we went through a lot. There was some infidelity. There was some drug use. They were my two deal breakers. And uh, we made it through those things. But going through them, we found it hard to find anyone who could help us, who could share with us how you manage difficult times in relationships. And if I could just kind of chime in, she refers to those as my thought years. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's who he was at that point. And he survived it. But when we made it through those years, we were initially asked to teach a premarital class. Um, And the premarital class was, um, the idea was that since we made it through some things, we could help other couples avoid things. So once we started doing that, couples would also ask us to be their mentors. So ultimately, we um, went back to school. We studied marriages and families. We try to stay abreast and so that we can be relevant in our counseling. But back then, we did take the classes. We were also encouraged to be licensed and ordained as ministers along the same time. So we did all of those things. And the couples that we mentored, uh, as they continued to come to us, we decided to open our own office. 
Right. So, you know, there were some years of preparation after we made it through. Yes. And once we made it through, uh, you know, we did start our business and we've been actually in the uh, wedding and the, the counseling mm -hmm. business for the last 17 years. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I started marrying those couples that we were doing the premarital counseling with. And wow. Yes. Yes. That is and, awesome. And yes. I mean, even more so having gone through everything, I can imagine that you're so much more compassionate and understanding of all the different relationships that have come your way. Yes, most definitely. We've pretty much seen it all, I think. <laughs> and we, we did a lot of things too, so we can also share from that aspect. But most of the time we hear that compliment from the couples that we work with, that they really appreciate the fact that we're very transparent, that we are down to earth and that we do share things that couples can do so that they can be accountable in the relationship. And one of the things that we, you know, definitely try to do, especially in the premarital, you know, in help trying to help couples avoid certain things, mm -hmm. realizing that our relationship is different from, you know, others, mm -hmm. but realizing also that there are certain things that show up Mm -hmm. uh, in a lot of relationships, mm -hmm. you know, so that, you know, we, we've experienced a lot of those, even though there's some that we might not have experienced, mm -hmm. but really basically in our relationships, a lot of things that are similar, you know, yes. show up. Mm -hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Okay. Yes. So we're going to play a little game. So okay. we're going to say a word and you tell us how it, it affects or impacts a marriage. First is intimacy. M major effect. Uh, that's one of those things that's, you know, normally uh, a deal breaker for a lot of couples, uh, you know, if, you know, for the, the lack of it, uh, and, and especially in the beginning of the relationships, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a sore point and a deal breaker for a lot. Yeah. And I think, too, we have to define what is intimacy. So some people define intimacy as the personal and private encounters that they have, and some people define it as sex. So either or both of those things can have a great impact on the relationship. So when we do the premarital counseling, we definitely touch on both of those aspects. We talk about being in conversations, being um, vulnerable in the conversations, and we also talk about the aspects of sex and making love. That was a very great answer. Um, okay, so what about faith? Faith is definitely important. Um, and the way it impacts the relationship would be that, first of all, the couple has to define what their faith is. A lot of people have different faiths and different beliefs, but once they can get on the same page, it serves to be the foundation for the relationship because that's the thing that's going to set the standard for your relationship. It's the thing that will draw you back together. So even if you have disagreement or trials in your relationship, your faith should allow you to come back to a place that's common ground yes definitely absolutely you know being one of those things get that could definitely serve to uh as a glue that would hold your relationship uh together but that you do need to have similar beliefs so mean okay forgiveness this is a this is a big one <laughs> it certainly is a big one and i think that's one of the hardest things that people run across in marriages because some will say they forgive but they don't forget and they will say that and saying that you know i've forgiven you but i'm gonna be watching you 
So it can definitely have an impact if you are not a person who forgives. When you forgive, you have to accept the fact that what you're saying to the person is that I'm not going to allow you to treat me this way or to do that thing to me again, but I will not hold you, hold that against you going forward. So forgiveness starts with the individual. And if there's no forgiveness, which we see a lot of times, especially with the older um, couples, not necessarily older in age, but if they've been married like 10 years or so, we can see that they're still holding on to things that happen in year three or so. And it affects the relationship, something like an infection, you know, it just continues to grow and they stop speaking to each other and they're not friends anymore. So if forgiveness doesn't happen, it's difficult to have a healthy relationship. And and I think also that uh, unforgiveness Mm -hmm. uh, and each incident of unforgiveness is one of those uh, things that, you know, serve as a block or a brick in the wall that separates us, uh, you know, through resentment. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have to be purposed to, you know, make every effort that we possibly can to, you know, to not have those bricks be put in place. Mm-hmm. So forgiveness is a must. Yes. Like when we were dating, I loaned him $20. He hasn't paid it back yet. So I haven't forgiven <laughs> him. I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out this. I, I guess compounded interest is a little bit more than, than I thought it was. But. Oh, that's funny. That was a good one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so what about education? I think it's definitely something that's important because, you know, we do need to make ourselves available to uh, be as learned as we possibly can be to, you know, so that we can exercise the gifts that, you know, God has given us. Mm-hmm. So I believe that education is key. Yeah. And one thing that... um, If I could just say this one thing, I believe that we're never too old to learn. I've um, read studies that say that couples who continue to study, no matter what they're studying, the higher the education, the more successful their relationships are. And I think it's because you have um, more wisdom that you're bringing into the relationship. Sometimes, however, you have people with two different levels of education and it could cause some tension between the two because one may feel that, okay, you have a master's or, you know, and I don't, then maybe you think you're better than me. And those things, even though they'll say up front, it doesn't matter. But after living together for a while, you start to look at those differences and find things wrong with it. You know, if my, if I have a high school education and you tell me, you correct me. And when I'm speaking, then I may feel that you're condescending because you have a bachelor's or whatever. So it can affect definitely in different ways. Uh, The level of education has an impact on the marriage. And then the lack of education can affect marriages negatively. Very good. Okay. Money. Money Money. is... (laughs) Major. Yes. Yes, it's definitely major. Uh Uh-huh. And especially if you're bringing up $20 after 37 years. <laughs> With interest. <laughs> right. Don't forget the interest. 
Yes, the well, money definitely impacts the relationship because usually two adults come in the relationship, both of them are earning their own income, and it's difficult to decide how you're going to manage the finances, whether you're going to manage them together or separately. And then you're thinking about, you know, who's spending what, and you're borrowing, some couples borrow, we've had wives who are borrowing money from their husbands and vice versa, but money definitely impacts the relationship, actually it's one of those things that is said to cause divorces, money and communication are the top things that cause, or the lack of communication are the top things that cause divorce. And then, you know, also the, the upbringing, Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, and, and the differences there, you know, and the views, you know, uh, of money and uh, the significance of it, you know, mm-hmm. definitely does raise uh, questions and uh, issues a lot of times with couples, you know, regarding uh, the responsibility mm-hmm. uh, or you know, being responsible with money and, you know, or one that's being just totally frivolous in their spending and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, money is definitely an a, a issue. For, for folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and definitely leads to divorce. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All right, friends, because friends could play a huge part in a marriage, yes. especially the non married and married friends. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because they always have some advice, you know? Yes. If they have advice, or we're looking at their relationship comparing ours to theirs. So definitely friends have an impact on relationships. We do a whole session in the premarital counseling on in-laws and outlaws. Some people can remain <laughs> a part of the relationship if they're going to support the marriage, mm-hmm. but some have to be titled outlaws that you can't allow them to feed into your relationship. You know, it's kind of like in the Bible when um, the serpent was talking to Eve and he encouraged her to do something that should not have been done. That may have worked for the serpent's household, but it shouldn't have been a part of Eve's household. So we have to be careful about what we listen to when we're talking to our friends. And then to remembering that if I have friends, my friends are going to more so support me. So they may encourage me to do things that will be negative for my relationship because they love me. So we have to be very careful not to allow our friends the um, privilege to hear things that are going on inside of our marriage. And uh, another issue that we sometimes hear is, you know, friends of the opposite sex. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've seen that play a major role a lot of times, you know, when you have long-standing friendships, uh, folks who've been friends for years and years prior to being married, and uh, now they feel that they still have an obligation or they still have a desire to be friends with, you know, their long, long-term long uh, friends mm-hmm. that, you know, oftentimes poses a issue in the, the relationship. And we believe that, and uh, our belief is that if you really... Uh, you, you have to consider your mate first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That if your mate feels some type of way about this friendship, mm-hmm. that friendship might have to go. Yeah. Honestly, that could be like a whole like podcast in itself. <laughs> right. <laughs> like a whole nother yes, episode about yes. the, the different friend dynamics and yes, ooh. and family dynamics. Yes. Right. Yeah. Definitely. So okay. So what about children? So children can definitely impact the marriage. 
especially um, say you have a baby and you're bringing the baby home from the hospital, you know, how much time is mom spending with that baby or dad spending with the baby versus the relationship? So sometimes we can kind of um, put the marriage to the side while we take care of the children. And that shouldn't happen. We should be able to work it all together so that we can have a happy family. And then we have children who are older. We have blended families that affect the marriages. And so we have to make sure that we're doing things that are going to be healthy for the marriage first and foremost. And then if you, the husband and wife, love each other, they're going to work diligently to meet the needs of the children but they have to be connected. The husband and wife have to be on the same page. The, the marriage being the first priority. Mm -hmm. So if a baby, if the house is burning down and you can either save your spouse or the child, who should you save? <laughs> well, because, because the baby cannot help itself, you definitely have the responsibility to no, save the child. Uh, your consideration to your spouse first is, babe, let's get out of here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. So family. How does family impact the marriage? They definitely impact the marriage. Families can either nurture the marriage or they can be um, in a position to that could have a destructive impact on the marriage. As long as the husband and wife, or as my husband said, considering their mate first, then they're gonna put boundaries in place. So definitely when it comes to our immediate family or our, you know, our mom, father, siblings, and so forth, we have to put boundaries in place so that there will not be any negative impact on the marriage. And, and, and I would agree. I, I wouldn't have uh, to add anything there. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to dive into the questions. That was a fun little game. Um, yes, it was. So what are some benefits of premarital counseling for those that really have no idea? <laughs> you know, I believe that the, the benefit is, you know, when you're in a relationship and oftentimes when folks are contemplating marriage and uh, you know, you're looking at all the, the, the frilly stuff and the, the love and all those happy mm -hmm. feelings. You know, we t have a tendency to forget, you know, these little things that we uh, we notice, but oftentimes they're not necessarily willing to, to have the discussion about because we don't want to ruffle any feathers or anything mm -hmm. like that. We don't want to disrupt the peace. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so we, we overlook those things. And uh, when we overlook them, you know, they tend to follow into the marriage and into, you know, the relationship. So the, the benefit of having the premarital counseling is, you know, uh, as counselors uh, fostering that conversation, bringing things to, you know, each other's attention, you know, as to, you know, what's possibly going on. So I, I believe that being able to look at possible issues mm -hmm. and cut them off, uh, what was that saying? Uh, head them off at the pass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And we, what we do in counseling, we usually, um, we have a number of topics that we bring up and we're usually, you know, listening very carefully to both individuals so that we can see things that they're maybe not saying 
And we will, as my husband said, foster those conversations. We'll go ahead and pull it out and say, let's deal with it, you know. And then as mediators sitting there, a lot of times it's an easier conversation when you have mediators there. So we look at some things that may be problematic, and then we also help them to develop some go-to methods if these type things happen in the relationship going forward. Perfect. That was a really great answer. Okay, so is postmarital counseling necessary? Usually they just call it marriage counseling. So definitely. Um, And we do that as well. And we actually have couples who we did premarital counseling with 17 years ago, who we still talk to today. So they'll either schedule quarterly to come in, whether things are good or not, or they will come in based on situations. So definitely postmarital counseling or marriage counseling is a good thing. It's always good to have marriage mentors. And a lot of times what people will do is go and talk to their parents or their aunts and uncles. And it's not always the best thing because if you come and talk to my mother, then she's going to be looking at my husband with a side eye, you know, (laughs) even though she loves him. Each time I tell her what's going on in our family, then she's going to, you know, feel some kind of way about it. So it's most important for couples to always find marriage mentors who are not connected uh, closely with just the husband or the wife, but somebody who's going to support the marriage. And one of the things that we're starting to see more and more, especially with the the couples that we have relationships with, mm-hmm. is that, you know, they are scheduling uh, just the, uh, the preventative mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sessions, mm-hmm. you know, where they see the potential of something happening or just really just coming in for a tune-up, they would uh, sometimes say. So that might be, you know, once a year, you know, twice a year, whatever the case may be. But people are being more proactive mm-hmm. these days. Yes. I really feel like that's what, you know, makes the marriage last because we've seen so many marriages fail, you know, so. And I think people like there's such a positive association with premarital counseling because everyone thinks, you know, that's great. Do that before you get married, but you don't hear too much. Well, I feel like now that I am engaged, I hear more couples that's that talk about the tune-ups, but for the most part, when you hear people talk about marriage counseling, it seems like, Oh, because something bad happened or something bad almost happened. Mm -hmm. So you don't really hear about the just, you know, coming in every now and then like a like a checkup at the doctor or the dentist or like a physical. That's essentially what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I like how y'all are normalizing and letting people know like, hey, it's fine for you to come in just to come in just to make sure you want, you know, to maintain the good the good honeymoon stage or whatever that the respective couples kind of going through yeah and we always give them homework whether it's premarital or marriage counseling we give them some things to do so it's like it's refreshing you know you're concentrating on the marriage you're doing these activities you're implementing these different behaviors and so it's always growing if you continue to do the counseling you're always growing as a couple you know and so we um we also do uh, workshops and retreats and things of that nature as well. And those environments are always good for a married couple to participate in. 
A lot of times guys need to know that they're not the only ones. Women need to know that they're not the only ones. They can benefit from being in a group of others as well. Very nice. So how long is a general premarital counseling? So we do six sessions. Once a couple completes six sessions, they get a certificate. And then the state, uh, when they go to apply for the marriage license, they get a discount on the marriage license. Uh, Each session lasts an hour. And in those six sessions, we talk about specific things such as forgiveness, communication, sex, finance, um, in-laws, outlaws, um, parenting. We talk about those uh, points that usually cause great problems in relationships. So, and we uh, recommend that they're done consecutively once a week. And that way they have the accountability of implementing the assignments that we've given them. And some couples will, of course, spread it out a little longer depending on the schedule, but ideally once a week for an hour for six weeks. And, and if I could just add this, I think that this part is important as well. Is that even the statement? I'm not sure how many states. I'm pretty sure most states, mm-hmm. including the state of Georgia, recognizes, you know, the importance of having premarital counseling, mm-hmm. and that's one of the reasons why they, you know, do give a discount on your marriage mm-hmm. license after you've attended, you know, at least six hours, you know, premarital counseling, mm-hmm. because the, I guess based on the data that they receive is that from people who receive premarital counseling, they tend to have more success. Uh, in their marriages. idea that there was a discount. Okay. I mean, like, not saying that people are doing it solely for the discount, but right. I never even knew that was like an added advantage. So very encouraging. <laughs> Great to know. Okay. So similar to how ministers or people can go online to become an officiant, is anyone able to become a premarital counselor, like in the same way? Can they just take a class online or how does that work out? So some do and some do it from a life coach position. Of course, we feel like the way we do it is the best. Uh, We have gone to school and we do have degrees to counsel. We have, we're actually launching um, probably by July our program where we will be training others to also facilitate the premarital counseling based on the information that we have developed over the 17 years. And then um, with the wedding officiant services, like you said, you could just go online and become a wedding officiant. But a lot of couples will ask us if we're ordained ministers because they don't want just anybody officiating their wedding. So for that reason, we will also be launching a class, online class, for um, ministers who want to be officiants. So we will cover with them and go through a process to make sure that they are passionate about marriage. Because I believe that you have to be very careful about who's putting their stamp on your relationship, you know? And so um, the person who's passionate about marriage, the person who's done the study, who's done the research, would be the person who can advise in situations. Just because you have 30 years in marriage doesn't mean that you can be biased or that you can offer information that's going to be beneficial to someone else. So um, definitely education is necessary before a person just wakes up and decides they want to do it. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 agree. I do too. Yes. <laughs> so when should a couple begin premarital counseling? Yesterday. 
Uh, some start even before they get engaged, um, and that's quite all right. Um, the reason we say the sooner the better is because ideally we'll go through six sessions and that's it. But a lot of times we, we run into incidents or situations that need a lot more time. We've had a few couples that we work with for three years consistently. And then we have some couples, they do the six sessions and they're good, you know. So, but it's the sooner the better, especially if you're doing the wedding planning and all of that, you want to try to get the counseling out of the way as soon as possible. And then if you need to, you can always come back after the wedding. So as soon as possible is when you should start. How much is premarital counseling? Like ballpark. Mm-hmm. Um, it just depends on how you do it. So some insurance, some companies will allow you to do it through your EAP program. Uh, I've seen it everywhere from $50 to, um, what, maybe 200 two to $300 um, per okay. hour. So it just depends. Ours usually we try to stay in an area where everybody can access us no matter what your income level is. So we try to keep it low. Um, we are not backed by a huge organization though. So we do have to charge something. We And that's one thing too, even though we are ministers and we serve at a church with the marriage ministry, we've always had our business separate from any church because we want to be sure that each person feels comfortable in sharing whatever they need to share and that it's not going to be talked about among their peers. Nice. I love that. Mm -hmm. Because we know how church people can do. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That's not church, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. So you've already touched upon the topics that are covered, but what kind of questions do you generally ask um, during the premarital counseling? Well, a lot of what we try to do is, you know, especially in our, when we first start meeting with a couple, you're just trying to uh, find out about their families of origin, just the different dynamics mm-hmm. of their families, you know, uh, and their backgrounds and, you know, so on and so forth. And then really just trying to get a feel for who they are and for the type of lens that they, you know, look at the world through and, you know, that they've observed. And then, you know, just trying to uh, uh, find out where they are so that, you know, prayerfully we can help them to get where they uh, want to be and that's to the altar and uh, for it to be successful. So, yeah, we definitely try to uh, get as much background information as we can and and find out where they want to go. And that's another question. We ask them to paint a picture of what does marriage look like for them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times couples don't even think about it, but they have two totally different ideas about what marriage looks like, you know. So we definitely ask them the historical information, you know, whether or not there have ever, ever been any type of abuse or abusive situations. Uh, what was their parent? A situation like was their mother and father married? Did they see healthy marriages? Um, definitely all of that. So we make sure that we try to get in there and get all the information we can to help them to be the best they can as they show up in the marriage. Makes sense. Makes sense. Very nice. Okay. So can one half the couple attend premarital counseling alone? We, I, I wouldn't suggest that. You know, mm-hmm. that, uh, for personal growth and development, you know, surely. 
you know, so that that person can show up as their best self mm-hmm. uh, in the marriage, uh, for sure. But in terms of the way that they're relating to each other, I think it's more beneficial to have both, mm-hmm. uh, you know, present, you know, yeah. for that reason. Now, we have had some who showed up alone. Um, one thing, it's getting much better now, but um, for a while to get our African-American brothers into a counseling office is a really huge job. And we always tell them, if you just get him here, we'll be okay. And usually from the guys <laughs> Our office, they're like, wow, this was a lot different from what I thought it was going to be. You know, once they get to know us in that hour, they feel a lot more comfortable. But if there's a situation where one cannot get the other mate to come to counseling, we definitely encourage them to come. And especially with women, there are things that we can uh, do to get the effect that we need and we can encourage them to come. So what we do with that is to share some things that they can do to be encouraging to their mate. So their mate will come at least once because if they come at least once, we are certain that nine times out of 10, we can get them to come back. Definitely premarital is easy. And if they don't come back, it's just, you know, in 17 years, we probably had, some maybe three couples that we didn't just jive with, you know, and mm-hmm. they decided. So I think that's pretty good. We married over 600 couples. So wow. we um, Amazing. feel real good about, <laughs> we feel good about what God does through us. Yes. As my wife mentioned earlier in the, in the black community, there's this uh, presupposition that, you know, you know, if you go to counseling and, you know, that there's some, some type mm-hmm. of taboo deal going on there. But I think we, we miss out on a lot, you know, when we, you know, have that idea that I don't want anyone in my business and you don't know me and, you know, right. you can't help me, and, you know, all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I have to say, I was one of those uh, when I initially went to counseling yeah. to, you know, try to mm-hmm. get some of my stuff straight. Yeah. That was kind of my idea. So I definitely understand that perspective. Same, same completely. Um, yeah, I don't want to. <laughs> I have a rabbit hole. I, I, I'm like about to step into. I'm just going to read the next question. Okay. Um, <laughs> are premarital counseling sessions done alone, like with the couple by themselves, or are they done in like a small group type of format? We do both. Uh, usually once a year, we'll do the group sessions and we'll run it from, you know, six hours in a day or on a weekend, we'll do three hours on Saturday and three on Sunday. Um, just, you know, for those couples who don't really have the time to spread it out. So we definitely can do it that way with the group or mostly though, we do ours couple to couple. So my husband and I are in every session and we work with one couple. And then during that six week period, we also do a breakout. So we have a woman to woman conversation and a man to man conversation as well. Very nice. I like that. Yeah. I, didn't, I never thought about, you know, for the couples that are either like really busy or maybe they have a short engagement and six weeks might be too long. That, that, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Of course. Okay. So should couples discuss their sessions with friends or family? We don't think couples should 
discuss their marriage with friends or family, period. Now, if you're just saying, you know, referring somebody saying, you know, that was a good session, we enjoyed it, you know, you guys should go, then that's fine. But not, do you believe she told them X, Y, Z, you know, those uh-huh. conversations should not happen. But if it's just the surface, yes, we're doing counseling, I think that's fine. Right, and I'm receiving, you know, some benefits from yeah. it. You know, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm getting uh, some good information, and I and I like that. I believe I can use it. That type, uh, superficial stuff. Uh, yeah. Yes, uh, surely, but the the, the nuts and Not bolts, the details, uh, the details no. Yeah. Because once a couple takes the information from our office and shares it with another couple, it may not be the same thing that they need. You know, even though we're sharing the same information, we go at it, you know, from a different angle. We take in consideration the filters that the couple is looking through or bringing to the table. So it's not a good thing to say, okay, we learned this now. We're going to bring it over here and give it to you because that might not be what that other couple needs. So Mm -hmm. definitely we discourage having those deep conversations. Yeah, like I agree as well. Um, I know when Ashley and her fiance started their counseling, I just asked like, oh, how was it? And then that was it. Like I didn't actually dive deep, you know, because I understand that, you know, that's between them, even though Ashley's my best friend, but that's her best friend now, you know? So yeah, I understand that. But I mean, there's also, we have that level of respect between each other where Very we wouldn't try to pry in certain ways. Some people don't have those type of boundaries placed mm-hmm. with their friendships or with their family members. Yeah. And you like anyone could be your friend, but not everyone has your best intentions Inter- yes. in mi- yes. or interests exactly. in mind. So that, you know, yeah, I can see that going very badly for someone who might not realize that that friend or that family member is secretly rooting against them. And that family member or that friend might not even realize it too. Yeah. Um, but again, that's a whole different, that's a, that could be <laughs> a episode too. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Um, what are red flags, like obvious red flags that mean a couple should not get married? Like there, we probably can't come back from this one. Or is there yeah. any? it's hard to say that there is because if anybody had told me that I would endure the things that I endured in the marriage, I would have never believed that I would have been able to make it through that, you know? Um, So if I had known my husband was a thought when we first got married, I wouldn't have gotten married. I didn't know until later. And I would have, I said to him when he asked me to marry him that if there was ever infidelity, I'm getting a divorce, period. But when the time came, it wasn't the way that God planned it. So um, in terms of red flags, there are, however, some things you can look out for. You know, usually if anything seems too good to be true, it is too good to be true. You know, you have people who within a couple of weeks, they're saying, oh, I love you. No, uh-uh. I don't care how amazing you are. You're right. not that amazing, okay? So things that seem to be uh, too good to be true are definitely too good to be true. Then when you have a person who's not willing to invest time in the relationship, you know, they don't have time for a phone call on a daily basis. They don't have time to come and spend with you. 
those things are telltale. If you don't have time now before you get married, are you going to make time after marriage? No. Uh-uh. If there are if there is a trail of negative or bad relationships, you know, if you're dating a guy and he's the last five women he dated were terrible and they were wrong and, you know, they had all the issues, then that's the relationship you want to stay away from. Cause chances are it wasn't the five guys that she dated. It was her. That was the problem, you know? So um, that's a red flag to see a lot of negative relationships in their history. Financial irresponsibility, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on, on either side, you that's know, uh, clearly, you know, sometimes, we're, well, especially if we're younger, a lot of times we're not necessarily where we want to be, mm-hmm. but there needs to be a, a, a vision mm-hmm. or a projection, exactly. you know, for mm-hmm. advancement, yes. uh, you know, no vision or no projection should be mm-hmm. a, a red flag. Yeah, definitely. Those all sound like good red flags to me. <laughs> I agree. I had to clap on one of them. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. um, the no vision. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember that. <laughs> We're anyway, beyond it now. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Okay, so what common issues uh, come up during these sessions? The financial uh, situation where um, couples don't see eye to eye in managing their finances and they want to continue to just keep them separate, you know, um, that can be an issue if you're trying to come together as one, but you want to live separately in certain situations that won't work. Um, I would say the, the encroachment of family members' ideas or ideals, uh, you know, coming into the relationship, uh, primarily from maybe uh, from parents, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe some siblings or some, you know, other outside mm-hmm. influences. But yeah, definitely uh, the encroachment of others, mm-hmm. uh, you know, get, going way beyond their borders. Right. And then, of course, sex and affection. So the lack of sex one person's sex drive is a lot higher than the other. And then the lack of affection. One person usually needs a lot more affection than what they're getting. So those are some of the main issues that we see. And most couples will tell you communication is definitely an issue. And we don't single that one out because every aspect of your relationship has to do with communication. So that's a given. Those are all like really good topics. Yes. Yeah. Um, what topics should have already come up prior to the engagement? <laughs> your, your FICO score. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I mean, but you're right. How many baby mamas or baby daddies? Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, if any. Your, your, right. Yeah, your, your history with STDs and your current status. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, what else am I missing? Uh, yeah, definitely the, the financial the, situation. Definitely, you know, the conversation about sex. And, you know, it's not unheard of today, you know, when the rate of STDs is so high. And we actually keep a bowl of condoms in our lobby. 
for the married and the unmarried because we've seen those who come in and there's been a baby born outside of the relationship or there's been um, some disease that have been transferred. So definitely those wisdom about those things need to, you need to have that conversation. The fact that y'all were very honest about that because I feel like other Christian based ministries would be like, nope, y'all aren't married, so y'all shouldn't be having sex. <laughs> and it's like, okay, but that's not the world we live in. So where do we go from here? But that's not the case because people are having sex. And, you know, when, uh, first of all, we don't damn anybody to hell for any reason. You know, Mm -hmm. we want um, people to be comfortable to have a conversation, you know. And um, so we definitely talk about sex in in the sessions. Couples will ask us, is it okay that we're having sex now? So we will share with them some information based on our theological studies. And we'll share that information with them. But the conversation doesn't stop there. It's best for someone to have a place to go to than somebody to close the door on them, you know. And I, I tell my daughters that I was a virgin when I got married, but they keep, <laughs> <laughs> they keep trying to figure out how their brother got here. <laughs> oh, yeah, at what point? <laughs> Immaculate conception, you know. Yes. <laughs> couples address the uncomfortable conversations or topics before like they get engaged or before they get married? I think, you know, uh, one of the reasons is that they don't, you know, but because of the, I call it the frou-frou stage and you don't want to disrupt anything. You know, you have that, that good feeling, all this other stuff uh, feels so good. And, you know, I just don't really want to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and 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 the hope and the prayer is that maybe that thing is going to go away, uh, mm-hmm. that I'm going to lo- love that thing or that part of you out of you, mm-hmm. right? You know, that that, that it'll, it'll go away. And it's, you know, something that remains mm-hmm. and it remains a constant until it's addressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. A lot of times they think that, you know, people are going to change without right. them even addressing it. And what I tell people all the time that you're doing, you're made a disservice when you don't bring up those uncomfortable conversations. You know, I don't give my husband a chance to love me if I'm not sharing with him everything that bothers me or everything that um, could cause a problem. You know, I see it a lot of times, mostly in women when they won't say things, you know, and I always call them out every time. And, you know, there's a way to do it, of course. You know, and a lot of times they don't know how to do it. Some people have two uh, temperatures. They're either very passive or they're too aggressive. And they don't understand that there's a middle ground. So I help them to understand, or we help them to understand, that they can present these conversations from a place that is peaceful versus being too passive and trying to ignore it or being too aggressive and being labeled as a nagger, you know, or always complaining. Right, and it can be presented, you know, not necessarily simply as a problem, but as an opportunity for growth. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And it's going to come out at some point anyway, so you might as well go ahead and deal with it now. That makes sense. 
I was just going to ask, how do you bring up the past? You know, even if it wasn't with, I guess, like your fiance or your future husband or wife, you know, like, how do you bring that up in a conversation like that? So with us, it's easy because we're going back, we're looking through your past. We're asking those questions, you know, about the people you dated before and things like that. Mm -hmm. But if it away from us when we're not uh, present, then you definitely should feel comfortable enough to start the conversation. If you're not feeling comfortable with your mate, then maybe it's not time for you to make such a commitment, you know? So you bring it up and saying, if there's something about me and my past that I want to share with my fiance, then I let them know. Sweetheart, I have something very serious I like to talk to you about, you know? Maybe I had a, I just came out of an abusive relationship. And so if you um, raise your voice, it makes me feel nervous, you know? Mm -hmm. But you give them a warning at first that I have something serious I like to talk about, you know, or you ask them. And a lot of times I give you this one free. A lot of times we don't. (laughs) That the best thing to do when we're talking to our mate is to make sure that we're touching them, that we're sitting eye to eye if we're going to have a conversation that we want to be productive. We can't do it while I'm loading the dishwasher and you're in there looking at TV and I'm like, hey, babe, did you know that I had this situation? You know, that's uh-huh. not the way to communicate. Right. Okay. That was a real good one. Uh-huh. <laughs> that one All was right. free, y'all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that one was free. Of course, there's a lot more. You know. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. <laughs> All right. So what are healthy ways that couples can resolve issues that come up frequently? Yeah. He likes for me to talk. But when, <laughs> when we get home, he doesn't have to talk. I'm all talking. <laughs> so if they're coming up frequently, then it means they haven't been resolved. So again, you're sitting down, you're bringing the facts to the table. You're saying, babe, I realize that you didn't put gas in my car again. Is there anything that I can do to help you remember to put gas in my car? And you do it in such a way that you're asking the question so that they can come back with an answer. Sometimes they may come back and say, well, you could have put the gas in. But then you say, but each time I try to do that, I'll break my nails and then I'm not looking really cute for you. You know, (laughs) you got to give them a buy-in, you know? (laughs) (laughs) you know like this benefits you and me but you exactly Exactly. but that's that's the thing it's making sure that we are helping our mate understand the why and and, you know as my wife said definitely you know trying to maybe incorporate some humor Mm -hmm. uh in in the conversation we're more apt to listen you know uh uh, if there's so if there's some humor brought in mm-hmm. that is not, you know, uh, appearing to be just confrontational, but that, you know, we are desiring to move past the, uh, this particular issue. Uh, so we have to come up with uh, alternative uh, methods and, you know, being able to communicate that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then also let your mate know whether or not you feel that you've reached resolved in those situations, you know. And if you don't feel that you're, you've reached resolved, you let them know. I, I don't understand yet, but let's take a break from the conversation. Let's talk about it in two more days, and then we'll come back to the table. In the meantime, we're going to kick back, watch a movie. You know, we're not going to stop speaking until 
<laughs> that two days we're going to go ahead and continue to have relationships, you know, yeah. but we're table it for a minute. Okay. Very good answer. Definitely. Um, what is not a good reason to get married? Because you're getting older. Right. Or <laughs> mom and dad thinks it's about time for you to uh, give them some uh, grandchildren and, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're ready for that. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Simply, you know, because you might be feeling uh, the desire to be in relationship with someone and mm -hmm. you don't want to pass by. Definitely. Those are all good. Yeah, those are all good reasons. I have a couple more to add to that, but you know, but this. <laughs> but, <laughs> yes. But on the flip side of that, what are some good reasons to get married? The benefit of having a, a lifetime uh, companion, you know, someone that's compatible with you, someone that you can grow together with, mm -hmm. uh, you know, someone that's uh, added value mm -hmm. in your life and you to theirs. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe that those are good reasons to get married. Mm -hmm. When you connect with someone who you two have the same mm -hmm. vision, you know, for your future, mm -hmm. that you can accommodate each other and grow together, as my husband said. Yes, the Bible says two are better than one. So, mm -hmm. you know, and God did not put us on this earth to live life alone. So, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So final question. Do you or what advice would you give to a couple that just got engaged, say, yesterday? So they're excited, haven't planned a thing. The whole world is in front of them. What, what would you say to them? I would say, you know, take your time. Uh, you know, as you go through the engagement uh, process and, you know, that journey, don't get caught up in the peripheral stuff. You know, remain focused, just realizing that the, the engagement is just a phase in preparation for your journey uh, together and making sure that you do as much as you possibly can because we can never plan for all contingency, all, all situations in, in life. But we can do as much as we can in terms of our preparation, mm -hmm. you know, for our, our future together. So yeah. that's what I would say. Mm -hmm. And I would say to be sure that you look at marriage as a journey and not a destination. Most people get engaged. They're looking to get married. Then that's it. It's a journey. You continue to go. You continue to grow together. And so expect that that's going to be the case. And because you're going to journey together, then you start to map that out. So have some conversations about what marriage looks like to you. And then how do you bring those two visions together? I love that. That was such yes. a great answer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We learned a lot on this episode. <laughs> and hopefully you all are out there taking notes because... Exactly. When I go back to edit this, I'm definitely going to take lots, of, <laughs> a lot more notes. <laughs> I mean, seriously, because like I said at the top of the episode, we frequently discuss the wedding day or the engagement. And mm -hmm. that's just the beginning. Like there's so much more. And I see this conversation occur so many times where 
someone's talking about like, oh, look at this engagement ring or, oh, look at this dress or, oh, look at this. And it's usually like something I see on social media and the comments are usually coming from, say, a girl like, oh my gosh, that dress was beautiful or that ring was beautiful or her wedding looks so pretty. But then you have these guys that are like, well, you putting all that money into one day, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, let somebody just be able to like what they're liking but on the same side of things, like, okay, yes, that is one day. But there's so much more to, like, yeah, the wedding is just the celebration of the union. Mm-hmm. Beyond that is where it's, like, that's where we really get into what's going to sustain you or not. Because yeah, the photos, the memories, the DJ, the food, all that stuff is great for the one day. You don't have any of that beyond the one day, unless you just get married every single day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, every year. (laughs) Right, but who, exactly. I was about to say, who has money for that? So exactly, (laughs) this conversation, I think by far is going to be the most valuable one we've done since and probably will be even going forward because this one is really the foundational episode of what is one's marriage you know yeah so i have a couple friends who recently got married and they didn't do um any type of counseling and like now that they're like in the thick of things you know, I'm like, y'all should have gone to counseling. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Friend too, that yeah. the same thing. Like, and I think they are interested now in uh, marriage counseling now yeah. that they are married, but it's like, just, just even with short engagements, you can still make it happen. You can still exactly do it, figure it out, you know, cause some stuff you do hear about, like sometimes with those friends that do mm-hmm. tell you about their marriage or the same issues that occur on and on and on. And it's like, maybe there could have been a solution to this earlier. Maybe it could have come out earlier and y'all would have had a better way to resolve some of these issues. So definitely, you know, and it's never too late for those friends who have already gotten into the marriage and they, you know, like we said, we definitely do the post-marital or the marriage counseling after the Mm -hmm. ceremony. And it is definitely something that we highly recommend that every couple, I think the couple that we've counseled that's been married the longest uh, have been married 40 plus years, 50 years, 50 years, 50 Mm -hmm. years. So, and they still, you know, come to marriage counseling. And then the ones who, you know, just met a couple of months ago who are thinking about getting engaged, we also work with those in terms of relationship counseling. So you can never have too much information. And so we do the premarital counseling. We do the marriage counseling. We do the wedding planning and the day of coordinating. Very nice. Oh, okay. So just one, like, one-stop like a shop. one-stop yes yeah. one-stop shop. <laughs> I like that <laughs> and we started the wedding planning and the day of coordinating because we have attended so many weddings and officiated so many weddings we saw some that didn't quite go the way they could have gone mm. so um we started a t- we developed a team that um steps in and we do like I said the planning or the day of coordinating as well so we um have um 
a minimum of five who work on that team. And then we also have three other ministers. So when couples call us, if we're not available on that date, we do have other ministers who provide the same quality service and they have the longevity in marriage um, to officiate a couple's wedding. They do that. We always do all the counseling though. Mm-hmm. Very nice. I so, absolutely love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is, oh man, this was such a great, <laughs> great conversation. Yes. Um, okay. <laughs> so we're not going to let you go just yet. We're going to get into the unsolicited advice portion, which is when I provide some um, advice that nobody asked for because that happens when you get engaged. So this week's um, advice would be you just got engaged or even if uh, you're not engaged yet, once you figured out this is the type of look I want for my wedding or these are the colors, this is whatever, start buying little things that you'll need like a card box for the gift cards or maybe picture frames if or stands because you'll need something like the different signage on the centerpieces or you know the different tables little things that like maybe even little votive candles if that's what you know that's the kind of look you're going for and that's because you can start buying these little things now it doesn't add up to be as much later you can always sell it when you're done or find like a rental company that would like to take on those products so you don't necessarily have to have like say 30 tablecloths later or you know maybe you start your own rental company but i mean it's just cheaper sometimes to buy than it is to rent so a little tidbit start start making the little purchases now tania Start making your purchases now. Get your, get your card box. <laughs> you know, it'll be like one less thing you have to do later. I mean, very true. Whenever I'm in Marshalls, you know, and I see like the wedding stuff, I'm like, hmm, too early. And I'm like, yes, I think it's, nope, it's, it's never too early. early. <laughs> it's never too early, especially when you're cheap. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very frugal, y'all. Very, very yeah. frugal. Nothing wrong with that. Mm-mm. Nope. Exactly. <laughs> So you can find all the sales now. Yes. <laughs> right. Exactly. So we're going to move on to the wedding vendor love shout out. And so uh, let's see. Who would like to go? You know what? I'll go first today. Oh. oh, oh. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I know. Um, so today I'm going to shout out a photographer um, I actually went to high school with her, and she's a model, but then also she um, is a photographer. And like, well, when I say, like, her pictures are so beautiful, because she's a model, like, she kind of, like, the best like poses. Like, she's good with figuring out the angles and all yeah, that. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so um, her name is Jarena Montgomery. And, of course, you can find her um, on IG at Jarena Montgomery, or you can uh, look her up online um, on her website. I think it's Jarena Montgomery. I don't know. Um, I'll put all the information in the um, in the description box. But her pictures are just beautiful, um, and she is she just has a beautiful soul. She is super duper nice. Um, so yeah, definitely look her up. All right. Who wants to go next? So I like to shout out the Style Spot. And she is um, 
the she's definitely a makeup artist and a hairstylist. Um, her salon is located in Snellville, and she does brides, she does bridal parties. Um, she um, is just an awesome hairstylist, and she does all the styles. She does everything, the weave, she does locks, whatever it is that you need, she does that. The makeup is just absolutely beautiful, and she does everything from um, the natural looks to the um, very formal looks, anything you desire in terms of makeup. So um, her name is Ayana, and the business is The Style Spot. On Instagram, it's the style underscore spot. And so that's one person I want to shout out. And uh, so many people that we work with. So I don't want to leave anyone out feel a little bit. I'll just shout that one out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We don't want anyone to feel any kind of way. There there are a lot of great people in the industry, and I'll just say the names like Zephanie Curlett, uh, wedding planner. She's awesome. B, you guys, I think you did an interview with her. She's an awesome makeup artist. So we work with a lot. And I also want to shout out DJ Can't Stop. He's an awesome uh, DJ as well. That's it. And honestly, I'm in need of someone to do my hair. So I'm definitely looking her up right now. Look her up. (laughs) Yes, she is awesome. And she will, um, like I said, she does the whole bridal package and everything. So she'll, you know, come in and do some test runs with you and so forth. When, yes. When is your wedding? October, October 10th. Two days before ours. Oh. October 12th would be 35 years. Yes. Wow. Congratulations. Yes. Congratulations. And how old am I? 25. 25. <laughs> <laughs> now we both reverse math. Right. <laughs> um, I'm going to shout out Anthony Harper. He is a videographer. That's kind of my my mission is to find black videographers, but, um, Harper films, uh, that's his Instagram. That's his website, but his name is Anthony Harper. He's based out of Birmingham. Um, but if you need a videographer for your special day, whether it's your wedding, the bridal shower, engagement party, rehearsal dinner, what have you, um, definitely reach out to him. So that's, that's it. Where can people find y'all? If someone listening to this episode was like, yep, that's it. I know who is going to officiate my wedding, who's going to be my premarital counselors, my marriage mentors, all of that. So where can they find you to get that relationship started? So definitely with the wedding officiant services, both of us being ministers, either of us can officiate the wedding ceremony or we do it together. And when we do it together, I do everything pertaining to the female. My husband does everything pertaining to the groom. So he's the groom is repeating the vows after my husband, the bride is repeating after me, that type of thing. Um, the, you can find us, our website is arelationshipministry.com. And no, we don't have a church. We have a counseling <laughs> office. So it's arelationshipministry.com. You can find us on Instagram. And on Instagram, I always 
Uh, we are arm underscore Michael and Lorraine. On, and the arm is a relationship ministry. So again, that's on Instagram, arm underscore Michael and Lorraine. And our office is actually located in uh, downtown Stone Mountain. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we do sessions in our office. We also do them uh, via Skype, FaceTime, oh, yeah. uh, as well as uh, Facebook and, and Zoom. Zoom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we have clients all over the United States, and sometimes we have like military who are in Afghanistan, and one is here. So we definitely do Skype, FaceTime, Zoom, uh, Facebook also, and in our offices. And if you're local, we encourage you to come in and get a, a hug and a cup of coffee, mm -hmm. some hot chocolate, some cold water, something. <laughs> we definitely enjoy meeting in person as well. Oh, I love that. Y'all are so like up with it. Y'all, y'all got it all down. Like, yes. Up with the trends. Cause I wouldn't even thought about Facebook, but I forgot Facebook has that whole, like the, the portal and the, the video and yeah. 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 Makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, Tania, where can they find us then? So you can find us on IG, Twitter, and Facebook at HughIDoWed. Um, you can also email us at HughIDoWed at gmail.com. And you can also uh, look us up or listen to us on HughIDo.com. And yep. I feel like that's... That's it? Yeah, that's it. Um, you can find me at Belsori on IG. That's B-E-L-S-O-U. R-I, uh -huh. and then you can find Ashley at Demitash, and that's D-E-M-I-T-A-S-H-E. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> on IG and on Twitter. Yes. yes. Um, yeah, and I think that's it. Yeah, thank you so much again for coming on the show and chatting with us tonight about marriage and a successful foundation. Yes. Yes, we really enjoyed it. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye.